0: The only way for me to truly have an impact on on oceans were are good, it was gonna be to get my hands dirty, literally and figuratively. And and that's when when United by Blue started to come into play, which was the mindset that, hey, I wanna I wanna create a I wanna create a brand with a purpose and a mission to physically do something about this issue. Not not hire a nonprofit to do it for us, but but do it ourselves.
1: From ALDA, this is the Protect Your Wild Podcast. A show about founders, athletes, and influencers, and how their passion for the environment led to their actions and career paths today. I'm Colin Campbell, and this week I'm having a chat with Brian Linton, the founder and CEO of United by Blue, an apparel brand known for removing one pound of trash for every single item you purchase. So they're doing a great job keeping our waterways clean. And using innovative materials in their products, like bison fur that was otherwise being wasted. If you want to learn more about that, be sure you check out our brand review blog post of them at aldalifestyle.com. Otherwise, this was a great conversation, guys, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks for joining me today, man. I really appreciate it, and uh, I've had my eye on your brand for a while, and. Obviously, love the mission, love the focus on picking up trash and, and all the attention to detail put into the materials and everything. So, thanks. Yeah, thanks.
0: Thanks for that. And thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, first thing, I guess, real quick, from the founder's words himself, could you give me kind of the, the quick pitch of what United by Blue is and, and what differentiates you guys from all of these other brands out there you can choose from? For
0: sure, we're uh, United by Blue is a sustainable outdoor lifestyle uh, brand of apparel and accessories with a concrete focus on ocean and waterway conservation. For every product that we sell, we remove a pound of trash from oceans and waterways through company organized cleanups. We've been doing that since 2010. Removed over 1.7 million pounds of trash across nearly 300 cleanup sites. Uh, really, the, the 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 innovation in the business model is such that it's 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 just as much about uh, the community and the the unification around oceans and waterways, as it is about uh, also addressing the the issues of single use plastics and building right. awareness for it when it comes to those that plastic getting there in the first place. So we're, we're we're very much focused on this holistic solution to this global issue of of ocean and waterway pollution.
1: Right, and like using the business basically as like the platform or the the vehicle to kind of do that. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 definitely it's 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 all baked together. It's
0: it's not a uh, a third party that's that's going out and removing the plastics, or we're not you know paying for any type of credit. It's the cleanup side of the business and the for profit side of the business are baked into the same organization.
1: Yeah, I love that how you guys kind of take ownership, I guess, over the problem and are hands on in that that solution. There are definitely a lot of companies out there that'll you know oh let me toss ten percent to. XYZ nonprofit let them take care of the dirty work and we'll we'll do our right. thing but it's it's really impressive that you've been able to to kind of do both um so I want to dive into a little bit uh about you basically and and the person behind this this whole uh whole brand here so what was your your childhood like how do you interact with nature where did that passion for the environment come from
0: so I grew up in Southeast Asia, predominantly in Singapore, and Singapore is a small island nation in Southeast Asia, tropical, mm-hmm. very warm, has a, has a very large uh, tropical fish industry. So I was growing up, I, I had a ton of fish tanks, 30 fish tanks in my bedroom. Oh, wow. Uh, I, was like a, I was like a fish geek, essentially, Love yeah. the aquatic world. I wasn't the type that was out, you know, surfing or anything like that. That's not why I love the oceans. I love it. I love the oceans for, for what is within the oceans the and what is, yeah, what is within the waters. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing that I learned growing up pretty, pretty fast was that the quality of the water in my fish tanks was incredibly important. And it was, right. it was critical that I, I kept an eye on that because I had a lot of high value fish. I had some fish that were worth you know, towards my, the end of my quote unquote fish career, uh, <laughs> yeah. worth upwards of like a thousand dollars. I sold one fish oh, wow. when I left high school for yeah a thousand bucks. Start
1: as like a fish tycoon, basically. I was, a, uh, yeah, I was, a, te- I was a teenage fish tycoon. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> and, uh, and so I had, I had to pay special attention to, to the quality of the water. And, yeah. You know, if, if the water was dirty and the fish died, that would be catastrophic. And so 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 really, when I when I started to think about what I wanted to do and, and what I wanted to build for my career, really protecting oceans and waterways became became that core focus, because, frankly, it's it's shocking for anybody that has seen it to see how poorly how poorly we treat some of our world's oceans and waterways right. in, in, in terms of pollution.
1: Yeah, the way we view it I think is oh there's it's so much volume, right? Oh there's so much the ocean's so big, it's 70% of the earth. So uh, you know, what's one oil spill? What's one, you know, insert the blank that could go in and and be catastrophic to that area. They go, "Oh, it gets diluted throughout or something." Um For sure. Yeah, it's For it's sure. a definitely a bad mindset to have, I think. Uh I was really into to kind of animals and pets myself you'll probably hear uh my little parrot in the background making some noises here and there that's funny <laughs> yeah he's i work remote so he's kind of like my little buddy but uh nice yeah so um uh singapore is pretty western is that right did that kind western of, yeah like it's it's in southeast asia but uh culturally in a sense
0: uh, oh yeah It is. I mean, it's, 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 it's entirely, well, it's, it's, I would say it's very international. It's, it's,
1: um,
0: actually less, less, less Western, more European if if you're going to splice and dice it. But, but really, I mean, it's, 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 it's a melting pot. It's multicultural. It's got four national language, four or five national languages. Um, it's, it's,
1: it's incredibly diverse. Okay. So what, what ultimately kind of brought you back to America then?
0: Uh, I mean, u- ultimately, my my family's from from here, and mm-hmm. I, I I eventually finished up my college education in Philadelphia, and my wife is from the area, so so that's that's what brought me here and then kept me here.
1: Makes sense, yeah. And and you guys with United by Blue are still based out of Philadelphia today, correct?
0: We are. We're a Philadelphia-based outdoor brand, probably the only one.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being in Colorado now, that's one of the the things I I found pretty interesting is a northeastern uh brand with such a focus on like outdoor gear that i had imagined is being consumed mostly by like the mountain states is that kind of like your bigger demographic like oregon colorado utah kind of thing
0: yeah i mean definitely california the west coast rocky rocky mountain region pnw uh those are those are definitely the core markets for where we where we sell our products uh it shouldn't be surprising that we we certainly find a lot more trash in the uh, east coast uh, compared mm-hmm. to the west but uh, but the crazy thing about our mission is that it really we've never had a cleanup where we don't pick up trash there's there's unfortunately any anywhere there's people yeah. even in even in really progressive clean clean areas there's going to be trash and that's that's because as long as companies are making plastics that are being used once and then discarded mm-hmm. there will continuously be the issue of 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 trash getting into our waters
1: yeah absolutely i saw you guys are actually doing a a cleanup here in boulder coming in what is that october 19th so i'll I'll definitely uh be there for that but um, yeah
0: that's going to be a good one i think we're going to have a big uh it's going to be with one of our retailers and then we're going to have a big uh like warehouse sale with it as well which is you know it's really important for us to like meld the conservation side and the business side, so people can understand that you know there, it is possible for a business to have both profits and good happen at the same time, and, right. and and by doing it that way, we're not dependent upon you know any external source other than our customers.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, to your to your point on on a uh, much more progressive place like like Boulder, for example, there is definitely less trash. I've noticed I'm from Gainesville, Florida, originally myself, which is full, gotcha. full of creeks. Um, we did a lot of, I started a environmental organization in college and we did a bunch of cleanups and stuff like that with students. Cause it's, you know, it's the best way to, I think, make an immediate impact and have people see the problem like right there. But also, uh, when you come at the end of the day with, and, and are weighing your trash bags, It'll right. usually blows people away the the amount of poundage, I guess, if you will, that that gets pulled out of the creeks and stuff. Um, it definitely does. I'm I'm really curious to kind of see uh, what happens here in Boulder. I, I I agree. It's it's
0: going to a cleanup in your backyard is 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 oftentimes one of the things that a lot of people in the communities that we've worked in, it's the most surprising. Thing for people that live like a mile or two miles or even 10 miles away they're like holy holy crap i didn't realize there was so much stuff in
1: in, in my backyard mm-hmm. was that was that as much of a problem in singapore i hear it's like very <laughs> clean is another is another kind of thing that gets around about it yeah
0: singapore has an interesting sort of disparity between between the land and the waters and this is probably also what drove drove a lot of my inspiration for united by blue mm-hmm. there is it, singapore is one of the most clean, if not the cleanest, countries in the world in terms of in terms of the land, in terms of you know the culture is just just you know spitting is illegal, uh, right? Chewing gum is illegal, so like there's there's a there's a great sense of value of, of cleanliness, um, but the the waters that surround Singapore are by no means clean. I learned to scuba dive off the coast of Singapore and. Singapore is not where you go for the beach or for scuba diving because it's a huge port and there's a, a huge amount of shipping activity and and also the third world countries around it Indonesia, Philippines Malaysia right. and so 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 the actual waters around Singapore are are, are notoriously dirty and and mm. you, you you scuba dive and you can't see your hand essentially That's and just, you know this, this was maybe 15 20 years ago now but it definitely is it's it, it's sort of an example of the world as a whole it's it, mm-hmm. if we if we only care about the terrestrial areas of the planet where we live because we're terrestrial beings the the waters also need equal care and it's there's a lot of you know there's a lot of things that you know i can reference everything from the fact that we're doing a lot better as a human as a human species protecting the land with you know national parks and protected areas and different things like that but we're doing a horrendous job historically on Applying that same principle to the oceans, right?
1: Because it's kind of like whose job is this, right? Yeah, there's a lot of probably like you know hands in the air. Oh well, that's that's not our job, really. Everybody, everybody's using the ocean, so why should we have to do something about it? Yeah, why? And also, like you know, the the fact that
0: the the oceans and waterways and and water as 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 an element unites everything, unites all life on the planet, unites, and it unites in the sense that like that water that flew through, you know the Delaware river out, out here in Philadelphia is, is, is it's our issue when it's flowing through the, through the Delaware and passing Philadelphia, but then it gets to Cape May and it's flowing by by that town. And then it gets into, into the Atlantic. And before you know it, it's in Europe somewhere, the Caribbean, um, so like, so, so it's a shared resource that, that really the, the world as a whole has just like climate change. And that's why plastic pollution is becoming such a hot topic right now and 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 many indications are showing that people are actually talking about it and caring about it more than even climate change because it's something tangible and physical right but but it's 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 the same thing it's like climate change impacts everybody no matter where you live even if you live on you know an island in the maldives and you're gonna have rising sea levels impact you was that your fault did you did, did you burn those fossil fuels to make those sea levels rise no but it's a global issue it's the same thing with plastics
1: yeah absolutely and that's that is a great point about that that The visual of it like there's kind of it's easy to make like a sexy story or not like sexy but discuss whatever a story right about something you can physically see and you can you know share images on instagram about the the pacific garbage patch or you know the the beaches in in india wherever um but it's not quite as appealing to throw up the graphs of climate change and be like hey guys so this is what's happening and, uh, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. Or
0: here, 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 here's like the C Here's the, you know, here's the ozone and CO2 levels and the light right. refraction. And this. so it's like, where it's like, Hey, this is plastic. This is shit in the water. We gotta, we gotta stop it from happening.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. People, I think tap out quick of the climate change talks because it, it can get nerdy, real nerdy, real quick. Um, uh, but yeah, hopefully, I mean, there will be some way to, to change the like culture around that, but it's definitely encouraging to see all the, the hype around, um, reducing plastic pollution these days. That's definitely, uh, hopefully in kind of my generation will be one of the biggest like turnarounds is just cutting plastic out of just about everything that we can. I think, I, I think we're on the right track. I think there's, you know,
0: when I started 10 years ago in 2010, uh, and and I started my original brand in 2006 that was also focused on ocean and waterway conservation. And and so like the, the cultural shift that's happened is, is phenomenal. Like I, I often have to sort of like, it's, it's, it's interesting to hindsight from being in the position that I've been in, in Mm -hmm. this industry for so long. And the funny thing is, is that really in the last two years alone, really the last year, the 12 months period has been the most fundamental cultural shift that I've ever seen, um, for this issue and and for anything in general on the environmental side of things, right? Like from an environmental perspective, you know, there's been a lot of activity in the last 20 years, but there's never been this fundamental shift that we've seen with plastics and the perception of it. And I look at it and I think it's going in the direction of, of, of almost like cigarettes and like tobacco, right. You know, not that that those activities and and that product still exist. And I expect plastics to still exist in 10, 20 years. And, and, in, in some capacities being used that are going to be polluting the, polluting the environment, but it's going to be, it's going to be a totally different cultural mentality on it when it comes to carrying around a plastic bottle, similar to what carrying around a cigarette is. It's, yeah. it's not necessarily illegal. It's not, it's not, it's not necessarily makes you a bad person. It right. makes, but yeah. it just, it's, it's, it's got it's a little bit of a fo- phone. Yeah. It's a faux pas, right? right? It's like, right, it's right, like, right, Oh, right. he's a, he's a smoker. Oh, he's a plastic bottle drinker. You yeah. Know?
1: Like, <laughs> yeah there you go yeah it's uh that that was one of those big things where my my parents will ask me now and then because they were both smokers when they were young like i I make fun of my mom for smoking in high school she was like yeah i smoked in the bathrooms and whatever and uh (laughs) and i couldn't even imagine like i could count you know on one hand the amount of people i know that smoke tobacco these days um
0: yeah exactly exactly and 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 it's like the same thing our kids are going to be like Yo, know, dad, you actually like used a plastic water bottle. <laughs> right, yeah, you moron. What's yeah. your problem?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, have, I have this one buddy um, who uh, I lived with in college that was infamous for plastic bottle use. He'd bring in, you know, and both arms be carrying this like, what are they? Like a 20 pound thing of like a 24 pack of water bottles or something about just about every week he'd come in with that, just slide it under his bed and then we'd have all around our apartment, plastic bottle just sitting there like half dragon, oh. half full. Oh man. It, it, uh, gave me a lot of anxiety cause I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to, how to change them without being a jerk, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, so that, that kind of brings me to the, the materials that you guys use. Um, obviously like bison is, uh, one of the biggest kind of most interesting things that, uh, are incorporated into so many of your products and um that was i I think i actually did come across you first at the outdoor retailer uh winter show when i first went like a year and a half ago um but i just wonder if you could could speak a little bit to the like why using bison like where where kind of did that come from it seems kind of random because i never see it around anywhere else You know, it was about five years ago, I was, we had just started making some
0: Merino wool socks and they, they did quite well. Um, they, they were a product that sort of took off right away for us. And it was very intriguing to me. It was, it was the first time I was using wool and I started just thinking about really what, 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 the sustainability aspect of using this material was in the context of being United by blue. Yeah. And it's not that, it's not that wool is a bad, is a bad thing to use. In fact, we, we, we definitely use it and we blend it into into a lot of our products because it is a great natural fiber, but I, I didn't feel like we were doing anything necessarily uh, pushing the bar forward when it came to sustainability and being a leader in that, in that, in in the material side of sustainability. So right, I, I, I started looking at wool alternatives, things that perform like wool, basically animal natural fibers, and that were, were not necessarily being used, but 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 were readily available. Um, turns out, bison is not readily available. It's it's readily it's 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 it's, it's it exists in the form of uh, all these bison that are being raised for this this growing demand for bison meat, which is a a, a more popular beef alternative that also has better sustainability aspects to it than mm. traditional beef cattle because
1: you have it, it out in better, college so there's that
0: <laughs> yeah it, it tastes better why well, i mean it, it is healthier but it also it's proven to be better for the grasslands uh it's a native species right it's not uh-huh. like some thousand year creation by man right. through crossbreeding it's right. it's truly it's truly like a wild thing yeah and um and it's also uh it's it, it's just generally less. It creates less emissions. It's 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 not by any means a perfect uh, a perfect food. No no animal protein tr- is in that sense. But right. it, the, the, the good news is is that the growth of the bison meat in, or the yeah the growth the growth of the bison meat industry is displacing some of the more traditional more harmful meat industries, and it's also creating a byproduct of of this fiber which is not being utilized to to its fullest advantage. In many instances, it's, it's completely discarded. Um, it's per- it's burned off in the tanning process for the hides, or it's simply the hides are thrown away. Um, so we inserted ourselves into the supply chain to shear to shear bison, um, predominantly uh, shearing the hides after after the meat is processed, but mm-hmm. also shearing in in some instances live bison during uh, their annual checks. And the the amazing thing about that is that this is a this is a beautiful natural fiber that was created by nature. And, um, and, 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 and there's 600,000 bison that are raised on, on, on these ranches for, for the meat and and it's being totally underutilized. Um, so we, we believe that sustainability is, is not a status quo. It's not, it's not one level. It's always an advancing evolution of what sustainable should, should be. So by, by utilizing bison fiber, we're really utilizing a material that, 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 that now means that we you know can utilize less synthetics less other natural fibers that are being grown specifically for it and what we found out was that bison fiber is 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 truly a miracle fiber in the sense that it's designed again by by nature to keep right. a bison uh, you know alive in negative 40 degrees in, in a Yellowstone winter but also their their natural habitat goes down all the way to Mexico and and you know to be able to survive uh you know a, a Texan summer and so so it's because That's it's it's point. it's temperature regulating um it's it's incredibly warm it, it stays warm when wet. Um if you ever see a picture of a bison in the wintertime snow can like sit on top of a bison and it's and it's you know it's basically insulated by the bison fiber. Mm-hmm. And so the first product that we made was a sock. Um, we've also Invented uh, bison shield insulation, which is a proprietary insulation that we've created from bison fiber that is in our outerwear and in right. blankets. Um, so it's a really it's a really neat material. It's it's our way of being different and having a sustainable down alternative. So we're not using utilizing duck or goose down, which is controversial in many ways, mm-hmm. and and we're also contributing to. Uh, utilizing materials
1: that would otherwise be waste right finding that gap in the supply chain is the the coolest thing and i think that'll definitely be uh or, or we'll be seeing like more and more of that over the the coming years that efficiency game a big part of sustainability i think is efficiency right reducing the waste of you know things that are already there finding uses for things that are already there finding a second life right for things that are already there um yeah. That's
0: exact exactly true. I mean, we yeah we can't the single use aspect of our culture, both in terms of plastic and everything else, is mm-hmm. is, is 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 what we have to change.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So when I saw you guys, uh, of course, using the bison stuff, doing some of the research, I just said, let me let me like Google some shit about bison real quick, um, and it it blew uh-huh. me away that they can swim. They're like two thousand pound animals wearing a fur coat that can somehow swim with with hooves. Like that, uh, I don't know. To me, it, it just <laughs> blew me away. I don't know. It's very yeah. Weird. They're,
0: they're pretty. They're pretty badass. I've spent some yeah. Spent some time in the, in some fields with some bison, and I mean they're, they're they're totally different than any other livestock. It's 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 uh it's amazing. It's a ama- it's an amazing animal that you know we almost wiped out as as a human right. Uh, 800 there was like 800 left they say um in 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 the late 1800s and it's largely because of 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 the the ranching industry and and the use of them for meat which has actually brought their population back um there's pockets of wild bison still as well which which are pretty amazing to see
1: yeah it's that, that weird thing with a lot of these um more rare animals i guess where if you can attach or attribute some sort of fiscal value to it now there's a reason to invest in their survival it's such a weird it's such a uniquely human like problem i think i think capitalism is 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 a
0: like it capitalism got us into most of our environmental issues and and societal issues right and i and i and i truly believe that capitalism is the answer to a lot of those as well yeah um and that's, you know, you, you have things like, you know, I mean, there, there, there's obviously controversy and a lot of issues with any of this, but, you know, anything from ecotourism and like the idea of like, you know, the African savannas and like safariing and like, you know, all of that. I mean, there's so much value for 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 in a capitalistic sense mm-hmm. for 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 preserving those areas that that now it's created created an industry around it and therefore preserve the
1: the animals right yeah and you get into obviously the the hierarchy of needs with the local people in a lot of these places where ecotourism is so prominent if they're not like taken care of in one sense or another economically um they're not so concerned about you know conservation like okay if there's no value in this forest for ecotourism guess what we're going to slash it down and we're going to plant in insert the crop that, that works in that area um so, yeah, obviously, the fulfilling the economic needs of those areas is huge. And it's definitely good to see the popularity of that kind of thing going up. Agreed. Um, so what has been uh, your biggest challenge? Well, actually, first, I'm kind of curious to to talk a little bit about uh, your business venture that you started prior to United by Blue. Um, because it, I didn't know that... that uh, happen, first of all, and, and how did that kind of experience then influence your, your next project when you started United by Blue? The, the, fir- the first project? Right, yeah. You said in, I think, 2006 yeah. or something you started, or six years prior, something like that, you started another different company?
0: Yeah, I started while I was in undergrad. I started uh-huh. a brand of, of like resort merchandise that I was importing from Asia and then selling to the coastal areas across the East Coast and The premise for that was donating five percent of proceeds to ocean conservation, which you know, in my entrepreneurial infancy, you you know, especially back in two thousand six, you know, donating money—that's the answer to everything. You you donate money to somebody else; they do good in your name, and the world wins. But what I realized with that is that there's there's tremendous limitations with with simply thinking that money solves the issues. It's 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 not about that, and you can't you can't just especially as a small small business at the time you can't just donate like hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars and think that there's any tangible concrete action that's going to happen so i i really i learned i learned a lot with that brand and this was when i was you know still in school mm-hmm. And by the time I graduated in 2008 and started to think about what I wanted to do long term, I realized that the only way for me to truly have an impact on, on oceans were were get, it was going to be to get my hands dirty, literally and figuratively. And and that's when when United by Blue started to come into play, which was the mindset that hey, I want to I want to create a I want to create a brand with a purpose and a mission to physically do something about this issue, not, not hire a nonprofit to do it for us, but, but do it ourselves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, was there, were there any challenges starting, uh, United by blue in 2010? Cause that was like on the heels of, of course the recession and everything like that. And obviously there's certain financial needs when you're, when you're starting a business a lot of times, if you're taking out debt or what have you. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I mean, I,
0: starting my original business in 2006 and then graduated in 2008, which was the year that the market collapsed in October. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, those years ensuing it were, were definitely an interesting time. The good news is that I had no reference point for what the world should be like or True. what <laughs> the economy should be like. Right. I right. never really. It's so first so,
1: steps in the real world kind of sort of. Yeah. I guess. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so I, looking back, I'm like, wow, like if that happened now, now I've tasted what like, 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 a stable economy and, and, and relatively good, healthy spending and Mm -hmm. everything that goes, maybe not a good political climate, um, haven't seen that yet. Um, but, but, but but if I, if I, if I was thrust into a recession now, I think my perspective on it would be so different than when I was 21, um, or 22 and going through a recession. So, um, 2010 when I launched United by blue was, yeah, was still in the thick of the recession, but what what that allowed me to do was really learn a lot. It allowed me to to get my to get my feet grounded um and then really grow out of that recession. I think it was mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had it any other way in terms of like starting at a time period where where things were so so tough that really the upside was such that you know you grind it out, you, you you create those relationships with your customers, and then the long term payoff comes comes over time. We're not an overnight success by any means. We're. Right it's almost 10 years in the making and and we're still, you know, in my opinion, still got obviously a lot of work to do both on the business side as well as the environmental side. So, um, it's, it's a slog.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what were, what were kind of some of those initial steps that you took and started starting United by blue? Like how, like what, what was your kind of initial product launch? Like what did that look like? and, and, Um, how, how are you able to fund it? That's obviously one of the, one of the largest kind of most difficult tasks a lot of times if, if, uh, people, entrepreneurs, I guess, figuring out their strategy of, uh, how they're going to get something off the ground and make it financially not too risky, right? Sure. It was, it was really just four graphic t-shirts the first year, May of
0: 2010. And. The the funding for United by Blue was was fortunately the the, the previous brand that I had started. So gotcha, the, it's all the same sort of continuation is, is from 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 my perspective. But right. there is like a, a you know a time period where this this previous brand was being run, was generating revenue, generating profits. Those profits were being then invested into United by Blue as as startup mm-hmm. capital in essence. Gotcha. And um, for the first few years, that's how United by Blue was funded.
1: Okay, interesting. Yeah, and four graphic tees, and look where you've come now. I You guys, <laughs> compared to a lot of the other sustainability brands, like your product offering, or the, the breadth of it, right, from your outerwear to uh, a lot of the footwear that you guys have and stuff is, is pretty impressive. Thank you. Yeah, so that I wanted to get into talking a little bit about the uh, new shoes that you did the Kickstarter on, the Eco Chaka. Yeah. So... I guess, tell me a little bit first off of like, you know, the materials, obviously the goal is to kind of make the most sustainable shoe that you can. So how did you, you approach that and what's like, give me the pitch on the product, I guess. Sure. So, so I mean, th- this, this Eco Chuka, the Jasper Wool
0: Eco Chuka really ties, uh, right back to our bison story as well, because it's insulated with the bison shield insulation. So we were... We've been, we've been using this insulation for several years and uh, this company soul, which is known for their footbeds, um, and their insoles came to us and basically said, they're working on this project that is, is gonna basically try to, they're trying to make the most sustainable footwear out there. Mm-hmm. we're like, awesome. That is like, that is exactly the mindset that we take about the categories that we go into. Let's partner on this. And yeah. so we basically, we basically worked with them to, to, to come out with this shoe that, that. Through and through, everything from the 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 outer merino wool fabric to the insulated bison and bison shell on the inside to the recycled wine cork footbeds. Um, I'm all to, about the wine to, cork. Yeah, yeah, the wine cork's is <laughs> pretty cool. And and so we 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 created this 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 product that we re, we truly can stand behind and say this is the most sustainable footwear on the market. And we took it to Kickstarter in April, and and uh, you know in the first in the 30 days that that it was up did over five hundred thousand dollars in a pledges, which was a pretty good indication that it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good product. Yeah. got some quick traction there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's been a, I, I've of course, keep my kind of eye out for, for these products and the, specifically in the the footwear, there's been like an explosion in the past, you know, two, three years and sustainable footwear between Allbirds blowing up, obviously. Yeah. And, um, we did a interview with another company, um, Saula Shoes, I think, uh, Guy in France, he's a nice dude, but um, I, I just love, I guess, the fact that these these kind of lesser known brands compared to your Adidas and your Nike have taken it upon themselves to be the leaders in the innovation in this stuff. Um, totally. Yeah, it's pretty kick ass. And the, uh, I see like the attempts, I guess, that are being made by, you know, Adidas, I believe, has some kind of shoe out there as well. Um, and it doesn't seem to me at least to stack up to, to like things that you guys are putting out. It's, it's pretty impressive. And I love seeing, you know, not that you're little guys, but compared to Nike or the, you uh-huh. know, the shoe brands that are kind of the incumbents. Um, I, I love the headway that you're making in this industry. I appreciate that. Um, so to, to kind of, uh, let me get a sip one. <laughs> um, So to to kind of break these conversations up a little bit, I I like to do um, uh, a little segment, if you will, in between. So I got some rapid fire kind of random, some not so random questions for you here, if you don't mind. Um, Go for it. So first one I got, what's one personal achievement that you're most proud of? When we hit a million pounds of trash removed that that was that was a
0: personal and professional achievement that that was definitely monumental for me.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's and now you're at 1.7 you said, right? Yeah, about 1.7. We'll hit so, we'll hit 2 probably in the next couple months. Hell yeah. That's that's great. <laughs> that's That's a yeah. lot of trash. <laughs> Damn.
0: It's a lot of trash.
1: Um would you rather sleep in a tent or in an RV? Tent. Tent. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I look at those. I feel like RVs are kind of for the um, the baby boomer generation, maybe. <laughs>
0: for sure. Yeah.
1: I'm a, a tent guy. Yeah. Um, who do you think would win in a fight, Lance Armstrong or Neil Armstrong in his prime? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's got to probably be Lance because he's he's he was juicing at his prime, so. Yeah, that's a good point. He had some performance enhancing drugs there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i was thinking well maybe neil's got the brains on him right maybe uh maybe he could think of some sort of strategy or something to to beat the physical dominance of lance but who knows it's true if there
0: was if there was like if there was apparatuses and tools and like technology involved maybe yeah but
1: right maybe... right yeah if they got some kind of macgyver situation it's like all right you get duct tape three arrows and a stick and you have to fight right um So uh, what is your personal favorite United by Blue product? Oh, personal favorite. Oh, man, I like a lot of
0: them. Um, You know, I wore the Bison puffer jacket all last winter. Uh, uh, Great, great sort of relatively lightweight puffer jacket that that has the Bison shield insulation, uh, sustainability through and through from the. Recycled polyester, outer, and the Solapel um, DWR, which is like a
1: PVC-free uh, waterproof water
0: thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, to, to,
1: totally the bison Puff jacket. So, bison puffer. So, yeah, people check that out as well. Um, what is uh, one environmental threat that you think is going to get a lot more attention in the, the next couple years? That's not already like plaster on the map. Wow. Well, plastic. Uh, yeah. No, no. I was gonna say that's not plastic. Oh, so that's not plastic. That. Basically, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, I mean, I, I think the thing, I think the thing that definitely is already getting some traction, but, but probably isn't nearly getting the amount of traction that it should is, is carbon. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, going companies reducing their carbon output, um, their carbon emissions is going to be incredibly important. We, we have to as a, as a species put less carbon into the atmosphere. So I'd I'd like to see what's happened with plastics, single use plastics also happen with carbon. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, what is that? What is that emblem for it with, with plastics? It's been, you know, sea life eating straws and bags and things like that. And that's, that's motivated the base. Um, what's going to, what's going to make people care about this, this, this invisible gas in the air.
1: Yeah. I wonder if tying or, or, we talked about the visuals that you have with the plastic of tying, you know, the carbon stuff to the, all the extreme weather we've been seeing. Maybe, maybe that'll be, uh, it's tough because,
0: because like climate change and like weather and like, you know, everything like that is so much more political than plastic getting into the ocean. You know, it's kind
1: of weird. Uh, It's, I find that so strange because they both kind of have business implications in a lot of ways, um, except carbon, of course, tying to fossil fuels, which have,
0: I'm exactly. sure, a
1: much bigger pull. And
0: in... well, it's the same industry, to be honest. I mean, right. fossil yeah, fuels, fossil fuels, and plastics are the same industry, and carbon. So it's like it, it's all, it's all, it's, it's you know, it, it's all back to the damn oil that right. we can't, that we're addicted to. So, so, but but there's something about the physicality of trash and plastics in oceans and waterways that has just broken, f- broken through the, the noise versus, mm-hmm. versus emissions and climate change and weather patterns, which, you know, you have a really cold winter storm and, and, a you know, a politician will like tweet, Oh, so much for global warming. <laughs> and it's like, that's not how it works. You know, you see one clean, you see one clean beach and it's like, you don't say, Oh, so much for the plastic pollution issue. <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. a uh, bunch of morons. Um, yeah, yeah that have you seen there's a, a facebook thing i actually saw just posted today um of the term freedom fuel being used to try to rebrand fossil fuels have you heard of that or seen that around yet no that's ridiculous ah, jesus yeah I, i've seen clean coal dropped a couple times and in, in different political things and now freedom yeah. fuel is like the biggest joke My my immediate that's... thought was like yeah, I produce a lot of freedom fuel after I eat like roasted garlic or something. <laughs> that's that's yeah, my yeah. freedom fuel. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: um,
1: oh, what else we got? Here? Oh, okay. So uh, we got another fight matchup. Who do you think would win, uh, the Avengers or the Justice League? I don't oh, know how much of a nerd you are, but I'm I'm am uh, I'm pretty. Deep
0: unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm more of a fish nerd than a than a than a than a hero nerd. I, I would have to say the Avengers just because I know that the movie just came out and they must be in good shape if they had a movie come true, out, true. coming
1: out. True. Know, so but Aquaman, but you're a fish it. man, Aquaman's on the justice league though. You know, oh, so I
0: didn't know that. Well yeah. now, now I've, I got to change my vote.
1: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> I went and saw that Aquaman movie. I was, uh, I, I think it did so well just because that actor is, uh, the pinnacle of the human specimen. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> um, and last thing, I guess, what's what's one piece of advice that you'd give to, you know, a young entrepreneur or like yourself, for example, looking back when you, you started your first venture in college? I think time is all time is all relative. I think that that when, I,
0: when you start as as, as somebody that in, that's young, you know, whether or not teen, twenties, even like, you know, thirties like I am now, I, I think that there, there's always this mentality that business business develops and, 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 and takes shape and takes either a success or a failure within such a short period of time. Mm -hmm. But, but I don't think that that's, well, that, that's not the reality. Uh, there is no, there's very few overnight successes. There's also very few overnight failures. It's, 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 it's a process and you have to be willing when you start a business to be a part of that process for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, and you have to be incredibly patient, um, incredibly you know it's it's easy to think that you you know you're going to have to work hard that you're going to have to sacrifice but the patience part i think is 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 pretty fundamental
1: yeah yeah absolutely it kind of drives me nuts today or uh you know i'm i'm only 2 years out of college myself and you know being in the whole like entrepreneurial world or whatever in college you know around those different types of people who just want to, you know, see if oh, let me see if I can go raise a bunch of money and like, you know, the boom or bust mentality uh of of a lot of people coming up. There's there's so much hype being put around uh um this kind of like Silicon Valley like uh you know, venture investing type of I don't know, thing. Exactly. I, I think it's killing off a lot of the uh the the determination that it takes or the yeah, it's it's just like rewiring of of the the brain of what an entrepreneur should be. Um
0: Yeah, hmm. for sure.
1: Yeah, but patience, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> my my dad's company's uh 20 years in the in the making now and we're still, you know, fighting to break through with education in the school systems uh with reading being his mission. So I've um, definitely seen that story kind of play out. That's awesome. Well cool. Um So uh, to close it out, there's a couple more broad questions here that I have for you as well to kind of get the perspectives of all these different people I talk to on on certain things and love the variety of answers that I tend to get. So don't be afraid to to get out of the box here. Um, So first thing is how would you go about explaining sustainability as a concept to like a toddler, like a three, you know, five-year-old? That's really interesting because I have a two and a half year old, and I probably
0: Perfect. have to start explaining it to him soon. I, right? am yeah. still explaining to him like your foot goes into the pants, you know, and <laughs> you know, don't touch that. So it's yeah. hard to hard to think don't that put sustainability. Put your toes in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so how would I
1: explain it to a toddler? Or show it. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be with words necessarily either.
0: You know, I think one of the things that I'm doing with my toddler is that, and I'm doing this because it's something that is, is in my history is, is I got him a fish tank. And so, so we have, we have, we have seven guppies in there and, you know, because I love to raise and breed fish, we already, we already created babies. So we've created an ecosystem in there. We have these baby fish. We have, we have, uh, Every couple of weeks, we, we do a little bit of a water clean. We, we look at the filter together. So it's not necessarily – we're not talking too much about the environment yet. But, mm-hmm. but this, fish, this fish tank is exactly what the world is like on a microcosm right, and, right. And, and, and explaining to him – that and and i already explained to him when he's feeding the fish you know how much do you feed them how much do you feed them just a little bit you don't want to overfeed them and he said and i asked him why he says because they'll get sick
1: nice
0: um because the water will get dirty and so so he definitely gets gets the fact that you have to be stewards for for the world for 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 this fish tank at least um he's he's responsible for that and so when you think of it on a on a broader scale you know we as humans were stewards for the for the earth um we are the only hope for the earth, Um, unless we're not here, you know, it's at, it's, it's, it's within our control, just like that fish tank is within his control. So I think that's, that's how I would explain it to, to, to my
1: little guy. Yeah, that's pretty great. That's, that's something I'm uh very appreciative of is obviously being raised with that kind of respect and, and appreciation, I guess, for, for the wildlife and the environment. You know, I always, I similarly had Started with a fish for me, then I had a pet turtle. The turtle nice. outgrew my tank, so I found a, a a guy basically that has a big pond who is the store owner um, who who kind of took him in once I could no longer take care of him, and has him now a part of this big turtle pond community that he's built over the years <laughs> in Florida. Um, then I yeah, I've I've just always loved um, being around, you know, different animals. You get to watch and observe them, understand them a little bit. Um. Yeah. So that's that's a a great answer, and I think something hopefully that people will take heed of and maybe try implementing with their own kids. <clears throat> um. So what's uh what's one like sustainability tip you got that you'd like to share with people who might not be, you know, so inclined to <laughs> protect the environment, if you will. You know,
0: one of the things that I really like to do is I like to drink out of a cup just just the old fashioned way, tipping it. And I think that like, what, what people, ha- what people have to try is, is tr- try, 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 going to a restaurant and, and picking up the cup. It's, it's, it's actually a, it's, it's a, it's a good workout as well. So you can, uh-huh. you know, with the health and wellness being so important, I would say, pick up the cup, tilt it, see if it works. <laughs> if it doesn't work, I promise you, you can go back to a plastic straw. Right. Um, but if it works, if, if 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 you have the ability to do that, and I'm, I'm partially joking, but I'm also partially not, because there is there are disabilities that make it so that you have to use a right. straw. But but and that's like, totally but like and that's totally understandable. That's totally understandable, but but um give it a shot. That's that's a good sustainability <laughs> trick that that um I think a lot of people are starting to learn. It's been <laughs> it's been encouraging to see. Um yeah. but it's but it's something that we still have to we still have to work on.
1: You know, I, I heard um a lot of uh, local care centers have been getting issues because people now they're not used to the ice dumping on their face so yeah. they're trying to get that last little bit out and they don't have their straw and they there's just all these injuries from people getting ice in their face people have been dumping hot coffee in their eyes crazy shit i mean um, for real yeah. <laughs> no no but oh, uh, yeah it's uh, i don't
0: know I, I don't know i was like maybe
1: <laughs> yeah um no, as that was one of the things when this whole straw thing started getting attention, I I looked at my own life because I never thought twice about it to be honest until yeah you know somewhat recently like I was like why do I even use this? It is the like most unnecessary thing you know my teeth aren't sensitive to the ice or whatever you know I don't know right like, so I haven't really hopped on the the reusable straw bandwagon yet because I I just don't use one personally so good to yeah me Good Generally thing. speaking, me too. Yeah,
0: I like actually. I like
1: eating the ice too. So like,
0: I, yeah, I like to go. tip my cup anyway. So
1: absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, uh, I do like to show that even people that care the most about the environment and are entirely educated about all this stuff have weaknesses in our own lifestyle that we're we're still working on. So, um, what's a thing that uh, you could own up to about? you know, wanting to improve in your own life as far as your impact? Oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to tell
0: you a little bit about what we're working on both. It's both personal and business, but Mm -hmm. we, we are recently, I've been really bothered by the fact that, you know, we are United by blue is, is, is definitely a vanguard for businesses focused on ocean waterway pollution, but we're not, Perfect, and 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 in many ways we're we're just as bad as plenty of other businesses when it comes to the use of plastics within our supply chain, and so we're coming we're coming clean in the very new f- near future with our community as a whole about our plastic use and our consumption and our all the single use plastics that we use, and we're going to be we're going to be publishing that, we're going to be tracking it, we're going nice. to be we're going to be we're going to be we're going to be basically basically being like. like which is, which is again, not, not, not to be, not, not to mince words here, but we are addicted to plastic. Yeah. And, and, and we believe that it is an addiction um, that that needs to be broken. So I'm addicted to plastics. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not plastic free at at home. I, I have plenty of things that are single use plastics that are going in the recycling bin. And as we know, recycling is really not the end all be all solution. Mm -hmm. So, so, so I want to be an example you know, if I'm a leader of an organization that cares this much and I'm also faced with these issues, um, that's how prevalent they are. And that's, that's how, that's how hard we have to work on this. So yeah. coming, coming clean, telling people about that and making sure that we're, we're holding ourselves accountable as well.
1: Yeah. I love that. The, that awareness side, I think a lot of people just see the product on the shelf, you know what I mean? And and don't necessarily see everything behind those closed doors. Um, one, totally. One one thing that really bothered me, we did an uh, episode previously on, um, I believe it was Nike creating their... They, they started their own kind of rating system for their own factories, They so they didn't use a third party, and then um, were reporting on a star basis, right? So they'd tell you, oh, this is a five-star factory, and this is some good stuff here. But, but there weren't really... Um, public criteria that i could find that was uh you know very clear as to what those ratings were based off of so it was like yeah it drove me crazy the the kind of taking advantage of the same concept of it being important to try to like publicize what's behind those closed doors but then uh like perverting it a little bit so that they could you know potentially be inaccurate or not necessarily tell the whole picture um totally. So I'm, yeah that's that's pretty awesome that that you guys are you know investing in doing that you know nobody's making you i presume and no. um it's it's not something that anybody likely would even fault you for not doing you know but you'll definitely get a lot of praise for doing it that's for sure Yeah I think it's important Absolutely um so yeah that that pretty much wraps it up um I really appreciate it Brian uh I think that was um a great, great conversation, especially the tips on your own lifestyle. Um, I know I definitely have a hard time to, to fess up about my own thing. I'm really bad with, uh, taking showers that are too long, too hot. Um, <laughs> or, you know, I play a lot of sports. So if I, I beat my body up doing something, soaking in a bathtub, I'm, I'm <laughs> it's, a, it's my guilty pleasure, admittedly. Um, so <laughs> I'm not going to to make you put yourself out there without shitting on myself a little bit here, but anyway, I nice. really appreciate your time. Um, I, I really love the brand. You know, I don't reach out to companies that I don't entirely believe in and, and want to see grow and be successful, so um, I, I'm excited to see how well you guys seem to be doing and, and the new products and innovations that you're putting out there i appreciate that colin thank you so much absolutely and with that everybody um you can find them at unitedbyblue.com or you know on their instagram at united by blue as well and remember protect your wild hell yeah brian and hell yeah united by blue man i was so stoked to get that opportunity to interview him they really are one of my favorite brands they offer so much good shit on their website be sure to check it out um and thank you guys again so much for listening. Uh, We got a great episode coming at you next week. Every Tuesday they're coming out. And please, please, please leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, It's the most important thing for us to be able to grow and bring on more awesome guests like Brian. Uh, And seeing as that the music is over now, I should probably shut up. So see you guys next week.